Warning, this podcast contains dry humor and sarcasm not suitable to those who can't take a fucking joke. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? <laughs> We're back with another episode. Look at us being consistent. Of course, we skipped a week because it was a holiday, you know? Did we? I'm yeah. losing. Well, look, we're losing track of time, honestly. <laughs> we skipped um, Easter Sunday. We had to skip. I don't celebrate Easter, but if you celebrate Easter, I hope you had a good one in quarantine. Good Passover. I know it was Passover as well. Um, yeah, we're back with episode 28. That's what episode this is? Yeah, I checked it. Okay, good. Because I be I didn't forgot. I only remember when I go to edit and it shows me the last episode. I'm like, oh, okay. I felt like when we were being consistent, we were really good about it. Mm-hmm. But since like we went missing for a minute, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, guys. Bear yeah. with us. So we're back on this uh, quarantine radio recording through uh, Zoom. Through the end of the world, the pandemic will be here. Um, if you guys find this in 30, 40 years, once we're gone, I hope you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having fun. You know, it, mm-hmm. it was good. Uh, I believe times. Uh, an orange tangerine without a brain was currently in office at the time of recording this. Yep. Um, white people are still the worst. Still white peopling. Basically. Um, yeah. But we're trying to, trying to work through it. Trying to bring a little joy to everyone. <laughs> bring them joy with stories of murder so but with our take on it which i feel like is a little <laughs> bit better <laughs> i always wonder if people get offended by the way we do it because we're like cracking jokes and we're talking about people being murdered whoever's the one that gave us friggin one stars on itunes don't think i didn't see you they feel offended and whoever what did they say <laughs> they didn't say anything they just left one stars like one star don't be a pussy if there's you a complain more, say something say with your chest there's a lot more five stars than there are one stars um but i i see y'all i see y'all don't think i don't see y'all don't think if i, I you all the time didn't know just... how to hack itunes i wouldn't hunt you down i, just I swear feel... as soon as this purge starts bitch, bitch. you're looking for all the one stars sure am I'm knocking on, and then I'm doing a case on y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All, All right. right, so I guess that starts the episode. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so this week we have some cases dealing with coworkers for you guys. Coincidentally, <laughs> um, I feel like this might remind you guys of what life was like when we were still in the office. <laughs> what the hell is this? What are you talking about? Do you they see can't this? see you. Do I have to edit this out? I'm asking you. Oh, yeah, maybe you do. My bad. Please God damn it. I'm sorry. I was trying to do an edit-free episode, damn it. I'm leaving this shit in here. All right, my bad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what I was trying to say was, hopefully, well, honestly, this episode might remind you of what it was like when you were back at work and how stressful it was. Yep. <laughs> because, I don't know, should I get any into these statistics now or yeah why not why not start off with that it'll um it's an appetizer as as to what we'll get into 
All right. So I'm quoting this directly from an article from CheatSheet.com, word for word. Okay. So these are not my words or Myra's words, but it says, it's not unusual to get angry at work from time to time. (laughs) However, some people have trouble learning how to handle that anger. So the anger turns into rage and sometimes results in murder. Workplace homicides rose by 2% to 417 cases in 2015, with shootings rising by 15%, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Workplace violence accounts for 17.8% of all simple assaults and 12.9% of all aggregated assaults. In addition, workplace violence costs American businesses anywhere from $6 billion to $36 billion each year, reported from TAL Global. I'm not saying I've wanted to kill a coworker, but severely hurt, yes. Almost every day. My anger. Look, look, this is why i lift weights this is why i go for runs because otherwise i'd be in jail <laughs> that's that's all, on you. that's all i'm gonna say mm-hmm. because stress i understand it like when you told me those statistics i was just like Man, gotta hear both sides <laughs> that was me when i was reading as a matter of fact i was on facetime because that's all i've been doing since we've been on this uh quarantine i was on facetime with my toronto homie nani and i was reading this shit to her and i was just like well i get it hear both sides i get it sure do (laughs) like i i felt i've been real close (laughs) just just like close so close to the point that if the police barged into my room at a certain time they'd find plans (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say I'm, I'm going to need for you to burn those. So. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but, well, you know, welcome to this episode of <laughs> Antisocial, Antisocial Murder, Murder Club. Club. I don't know why so, I always do that. I feel like it comes, like, it's, like, part of the title now. I think like, so. Burr, burr, burr. It feels right. It, it feels does. It really right. does. Yeah. All right, babe. So, I think you're going first, Pryuj. All right. Do I need to do the do re mi fa sol la ti do? <laughs> You're not about to sing. See, no, because it's like I don't really speak now, so it's like I feel like I'm. I don't know how to read anymore either. Gonna be jumbling all over your words. <laughs> well, that's not new for us, honestly. Look, let's not call each other out, okay? I did an excellent job of reading that freaking uh, statistic, okay? You really did, except for you said aggregated when it's aggravated, but okay. <laughs> you know what the fuck I meant. <laughs> I, I try to forget about it, but I just couldn't. It was just no. Like- I heard myself say it after the fact, but I didn't want to like go back. I said, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going, just push through it. That's what we're yeah. Just do. push through it. You were going very smooth there. And just like we're pushing through this quarantine, we're pushing through the episode. Hmm. All right, so I guess I will start. So this is actually a pretty local uh, case to me and you. It's in Maryland. Maryland, Murderland. Mm-hmm. We used to say back in the day. <laughs> so um, this starts roughly. What is that? Damn, nine years ago. Um, so it's, yep, 2011 was nine years ago, right? Yeah. 
Oh, it was just like the nine-year anniversary. Okay, so on the morning of March 12th, 2011, the Lululemon store manager um, in Bethesda, Maryland, so to be exact, it's Bethesda Row, um, which I have been to. I know where that is. Yeah, and the store is like still there. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Damn it, if we weren't in a quarantine, I'd be like, let's go. (laughs) Let's go do, uh, what is it, Haunted Places? Yeah. Seance. <laughs> All right. So the store manager arrived shortly before 8 a.m. and she noticed that the door was unlocked and initially believed that someone had just arrived had arrived just before her and had forgotten to lock the door. So she thought it was just another employee there. But when she entered the store, the lights were on and everything was out of place. So it led her to believe that there had been an altercation that occurred. She called out um, and she heard someone moaning in the back of the store. She left the store immediately um, and called 911, which she didn't like, even go look. Look, that's pretty smart of her because it's like I she could have so tampered too. with anything. Yeah, I'm not trying to walk into that shit by myself. That's my rule. I hear it. I don't even, I don't even want to go. Exactly. I wonder if she was. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. We're here. <laughs> So, um, while she was outside, she actually spotted a man that was in front of the Apple store right next door. And so it turns out that the night before had been, um, the iPad two release. So there had been like a ton of people around the store, even before they opened. And she spotted Mm -hmm. a guy waiting outside of the Apple store. And she actually asked him to accompany her into the store, like back in because she heard like some weird stuff. She didn't want to go alone. Super smart. Um, So after they entered, the man headed toward the back of the store by himself um, at the request of the store manager, and he saw a body laying face down and called out to the store manager to call the police because it appeared as if someone was dead. And then he kept walking. um, Well, he returned like towards the front and then he saw a second person who was tied up but was still breathing. He yelled out there was another person. Um who appeared to be alive and it appeared that she had been sexually assaulted because there was like um, a cut to the crotch area of her pants where it seems like it was ripped. So he just like put two and two together. Um, And so the store manager immediately called the police again and to update them as to what was happening. Mm -hmm. So the police arrived shortly after and they entered the crime scene and it was a mess. Like it, like you can see all the crime scene photos. It looked like a tornado literally passed through the entire store. Like everything was a wreck. Tornado came across the room. A potato flew around. Just the mess it made. Go ahead. So everything was thrown around. There was like blood everywhere. There was like blood smears on the. Um, walls there was like bloody footprints all over um throughout the crime scene it was a fucking mess so the police approached the first victim which was the um one that was still alive and breathing but she was unresponsive and that was Brittany norwood she had a gash on her forehead there was blood all over her face she was zip tied she had scratches all over her stomach she had cuts on her chest legs arms and forehead um and it seemed she was the one that had that uh cut on her crotch area of her pants and it seemed that she had been assaulted Mm-hmm. So then police move and they find Jaina Murray's lifeless Murray Murray um, lifeless body laying face down in a pool of blood and she was the one that was deceased. 
So in total, it was found that Jaina had sustained 331 injuries. What? Yes. 300. Insanity. 83 of those stretched just... Okay, so put this like in context. So 83 of those stretched from her elbow to her fingertips. So if you look from your elbow to your fingertip, 83. Like stab wounds or... It was like bruises, there were stab wounds, there were scratches. There was like all sorts of injuries. So 83 of those stretched from her elbow to her fingertips. Her face alone had 26 different injuries, and she had also uh, suffered severe bruising and bleeding of the brain. She was stabbed with a bunch of different instruments, so there was like all different sizes, from like really little ones to like huge gashes. She was beaten, and then finally her spinal cord had been severed, which was the final blow that ultimately killed her. So even before all that, like all the injuries she sustained were while she was alive. What finally killed her was that severing of the spinal cord. So she suffered. It sounds like she fought a bunch of evil. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, from the crime scene and the way that, like, the whole store was a fucking mess, it seemed that it had been, like, a gang of people or way more than one, for sure. Mm -hmm. So the surviving victim, which was uh, Brittany Norwood, she was rushed to the hospital, and it's here that the very first interview occurs. So... What she says was that on the night of March 11th, Jaina and herself, Brittany, were closing up. The store closed at 9 p.m., but they wouldn't leave the store until 9.45 because they had to, like, rearrange everything, put everything back in order, usual retail stuff of closing up. So, uh, Brittany went towards the, like, when they were done, Brittany headed towards the metro and Jaina headed towards her car. At 9.51 p.m., about six minutes after they finally closed up the store, Brittany Norwood called Jaina. Oh, she called another coworker and she asked for Jaina's phone number because she said she had forgotten her wallet at the store. She didn't have the keys to open back up the store, so she needed to go back. So she gets in contact with Jaina. Jaina agrees. They meet up at the store so that Brittany can grab her wallet. Um, they don't find it um she didn't she can't find her wallet anywhere um and what she needed was like the metro pass to get on the metro to go home so jana was like don't worry about it use mine just give it back to me or pay me back or whatever as they're heading out towards the back of the store they're like exiting towards the back um they're stopped by two men in ski masks who had apparently been waiting for them So, Brittany Norwood said the men sounded like young white men. One was about six feet tall, and the other one was only 5'3". So, super short. (laughs) Super short. He's the same height as me. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Jaina is immediately struck in the head by one man, and and he drags her by her hair to the storage room. The other man takes Brittany to the bathroom where she is also struck in the head, zip-tied, and raped with a clothes hanger. So this is the surviving victim. And Brittany Norwood stated that during the rape, the man was calling her a bunch of like racial slurs and stuff. So after police take her first statement, they move on to investigate the crime scene evidence. So in the mess um, that was the crime scene... Things that stood out were the bloody shoe prints. There were a ton of them. 
So a forensic investigator. bloody shoes. <laughs> Shout out Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi. <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> so a forensic investigator um, was tasked with pinpointing how many prints were actually um, present. So like how many shoe prints there were determining would, would determine how many people were actually there um, and their exact movements. So there were only two pairs of shoe prints found at the scene. One was a size 14 men's Reeboks and the other one was a small pair of women's sneakers. Both were full of blood. So they actually found like the shoes in the store. Was the small, the women's size shoe from the, from the small man? Well, it would make sense, right? Because one's 5'3", technically his feet have to be small. You know what they say, small feet. <laughs> all right so according to Brittany's accounts um because of what she said there should have been at least three to four because it was her Jaina, and the two men so that's four mm-hmm. people so you should have at least seen say one person didn't move around too much you would have seen three if everyone moved around the way she said they did there should have been four but mm-hmm. there was only two mm-hmm. so kind of weird so the women's pair and the men's 14 seemed to overlap so it was like wherever the women's shoe print was the men's 14 was right above it so it was kind of oh wow they were right on top of each other or it was like the men's shoe print was there to hide the women's impression oh wow Mm -hmm. so this is where things start to look weird so, um, it's determined that the 331 injuries that Jaina sustained were all from tools found in the store. A toolbox that was in the store to be specific. So, it seemed like almost every tool had been used to bludgeon or stab Jaina. Um, not only that, but the fact that she was st- like attacked 331 different times and 107 of those were actually defensive wounds was like kind of impossible like you never hear of that shit happening in right like that's why i was like it sounded like she got jumped exactly <laughs> or like, crime of passion if you if the if it happened the way that britney said it did and one person did it it would mean that that person had to go find the toolbox they would have to like every time they grabbed a new tool it would take time they would have mm-hmm. to stop what they're doing put the other tool down grab the other one and then start attacking her and then do it the whole like it would take a lot of time mm-hmm. and a lot of energy like mm-hmm. to go non-stop you would have to have someone that was fit to do it right like it's not something that just any old schmuck would be able to do schmuck. so <laughs> The investigators start getting suspicious because obviously shit is not adding up. Like, shit is just too weird. Right. One of them being the fact that Jaina's car had been found two days later, three blocks away. Uh Uh-huh. So, if what Brittany was saying was correct, her car should have been right outside the store, not three blocks away. Mm -hmm. Because she drove back to the store. Right. So, when they find the car, there was blood on the gear shift, There was blood on the steering wheel, and there was actually, like, a baseball cap with blood found inside the car. The blood stain 
like the main blood stain was actually right in the middle of the forehead. So it was like whoever put it on had like a gash or something right in the middle of their forehead. It's kind a knife. Of, kind of like the one that Brittany had. Or maybe it was 21 Savage with a fresh <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> it's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. I totally lost my spot. Okay. So with that evidence and the fact that the shoes that were tested earlier actually turned out to be shoes that were kept in the store, like that size 14 men's Reebok shoe was Uh kept in the store so that men trying on pants would see what it would fit like with shoes. So you know how like you go to stores, like especially like I've seen it at like suit stores. They have like dress shoes you can wear or try on to see what it would look like all together, so that you're not. I've never seen that before. That's some fancy schmancy shit. I guess so. You know, Lululemon. I just know of like the stores having like hoodies for you to use to try on shoes, but I never knew they had like stand-in shoes for outfits. Like I've never heard of that. I mean, I've never really been to Lululemon because I'm a broke-ass bitch, but um, (laughs) I've seen it, like, at a suit store. They have, like, the dress shoes you can... Which makes sense. Because it's, like, if you walk in with sneakers and you're going to try on some, like, dress pants or whatever, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. So, like, the shoes were kept in the store. So it's not like someone came in with their own shoes and like stepped all over so shit was just not adding up so they brought in Brittany norwood again um to ask her some questions and then all of a sudden she has new information it's like she has an epiphany it's like oh my god the sun is coming through i see the light everything is so much clearer so she remembers more stuff she says that at some point um the men placed her on top of jana's body which would, of course, if this happened, like if she said, like if they found her DNA on Jaina, this would explain it. Like, oh, they forced me to get on top of her. That's why, like, my DNA is on her. Right. And, like, it just, it's weird. And then she remembers that after being sexually assaulted, the men forced her to move Jaina's car, which is something that she never mentioned before. But all of a sudden that they find her car, now they're making up, now she's making up a bunch of like excuses or reasons as to why. Um, so the police are not having it. They realize that something is not like, okay, they realize that things are not adding up. So her story now, her all of a sudden epiphany would explain why her DNA would be found on Jaina if the police were to question her as to why that would be. So police are not having it because for once in this story, the police know what the fuck is going on. Did what they had to do. Thank you. They're doing their job. Um, They're not having it. They confront her and they confront her with the facts. Facts which don't add up. And they also throw in the fact that the rape kit that they did at the hospital came back negative, showing her that she hadn't been raped, showing that she hadn't been raped, she hadn't been sexually assaulted. There had Mm -hmm. been no outside contact with her. Like, no one else had touched her. Oh, so they just staged it. Exactly. So confronted with the truth, Brittany Norwood sticks um, 
to her crying sad girl act that she had kept up this entire time claiming that she was innocent and that she was the victim of all this but the police were not having it six days after the murder on march 18th 2011 Brittany norwood is arrested so she had planned this all out there was no one else she was the one that killed jana her co-worker Mm-hmm. But that's not really the end of the story. There's more to explain. So now we know what the fuck went on that night, but we have to get into why. Like, why would you kill your coworker in such a like, brutal way? Like, what would drive someone to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that Brittany Norwood actually hadn't been working at that Bethesda location for very long. She had actually been transferred from Georgetown. And she had been transferred from Georgetown because she had had issues with other employees at that location. It wasn't long Mm. after she started in Bethesda that other employees at that Bethesda location noticed that things were going missing. But it wasn't just like merch at the store or anything like that. It was actually personal belongings from like their lockers, from their purses that had gone missing. And the only thing that they could like... Obviously, if we were in the same situation and a new bitch starts, and as soon as she starts, shit goes missing, I'm going to be like, what's that bitch? Like, yeah, everything she's still in my cool. shit. Exactly. So there was that. And then the fact that the same day, well, the night before, so the murder happened at like 10, 11, whatever, that earlier in that day during her shift, you know how they do like bag checks um, when you work at a store? Mm-hmm. Um to make sure that you're not stealing or whatever. Well, it turns out that another employee had found like a pair of pants in Brittany's purse and they were like, did you pay for these? Like, we didn't see you. And she was like, no, 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 no. I got the discount. Like I paid for it. Everything's good. But of course that was a lie. So mm-hmm. that night she lured Jaina back to the store to try and convince her not to report her to the managers because she had just transferred like she couldn't lose her job apparently but Jaina mm-hmm. told Brittany I already reported you like it's done it's a done deal like I can't go back and that's when Brittany Norwood lost her shit wow and did all of that to try like <sighs> it makes no sense like okay she definitely wasn't wrapped too tight for you to go off that hard for something so small like in a, in 90% of these like murder cases that you watch on like Dateline or whatever like the reason for murdering like a wife or a husband that murders their spouse to get the money it's like you don't get the money anyway because you're mm-hmm. going to get caught and you go to jail mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. what and like mm-hmm. this bitch Brittany Norwood like you were going to get fired at most at most you would have gotten fired and had to pay for the pair of pants now you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Yep. Like, it's not worth it. You dumbass. <laughs> At all. <laughs> At all. But that was my case. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it might have seemed all jumbled because this one, I'm telling you. No, you sound very clear to me. It's oh, just our, our rude interruption. But, you know. I plead the fifth. <laughs> anyway i felt like that was a good case it just made me think of certain people that we work with and how angry they get off of small shit exactly it's kind of funny all right so can we go ahead and jump into my i am ready ready okay so i decided to do the case 
of Raymond Clark III and the murder of Annie Lee. Go ahead, because I've never heard this. Finally! <laughs> I have never. Finally, I picked a case that Miss Myra, I, I live and breathe murder, <laughs> didn't already know before me. Because now, granted, every time you say like a case, I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah. Heard every it. time. <laughs> but I do kind of like when you do know because you can help me fill in some blanks if I mess up. or Yeah, but I but. specifically stopped myself from reading on this case. So this is all yours. All right, B, we got this. <laughs> so on the evening of September 8th, 2009, 24-year-old Yale student Annie Lee was reported missing by Natalie Powers, one of her, get this, five roommates. No. That's too many. <laughs> I barely want to deal with I draw the line. Exactly. Way too That's many. But anyway, I, I guess it came in handy this time because one of, my, one of many of them noticed that she did not come home. So, that was, uh, yeah, <laughs> you live alone, you could go missing for months and no one would know. Not until you start smelling. So, um, so yeah, so basically her, uh, one of her five roommates reported her missing after she didn't come home after 9 p.m. Uh, I guess that's really rare for this girl. So that would be me. <laughs> The four foot eleven Vietnamese doctoral student was due to be married just five days after she was reported missing. She was tiny, teeny tiny. Wow. Um, but she was super duper smart, which I put in the afters because I felt like I needed to pay her a little bit more respect. Yes. But um, some people thought that maybe she had got cold feet. Um, but upon further investigation, it was noted that she was seen entering a research laboratory building that morning. But when the 70 plus cameras on the surrounding buildings and garages didn't show her leaving, they knew something bigger was going on. Uh-oh. Investigators quickly gathered information of her whereabouts. Uh, she left her apartment that morning, taking Yale's transit, transit <laughs> to the Sterling Hall of Medicine. Around 10 a.m., she walked from the Sterling Hall to the Bennett Laboratory, where she worked studying enzymes. I was going to try to pronounce that word, but we're just going to skip it. Enzymes and their role in metabolic diseases. It was noted that when she went to the library, or the laboratory, sorry, she left her purse, phone, and other personal items behind. Since the, uh, since the before-mentioned cameras did not show her leaving the building, police decided it was best to close the building and focus the investigation there. Over 100 officers assisted in the research, including the FBI, the Connecticut State Police, and the New Haven Police Department. The first thing they discovered was bloody clothing hidden above a ceiling tile and 40 miles away in a trash incubator at the Hartford dump. Art for dump. <laughs> Annie's disappearance quickly became top news, which caused several reporters to crowd the medical campus and the apartment building where she lives. Her school decided to assist with the search by offering $10,000 um, for the award of any information that will assist in her search. So I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in the investigation because I'm sure you like that moved really quickly. Yes. <laughs> on Sunday, September 13th, 
The day that she was set to marry, investigators finally found Annie, but not in the state her loved ones were hoping. She was found in the wall of the basement of the laboratory building behind a utility panel strangled to death. Yo! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the part of the building, oh, let me stop right here. You will notice that I will mention some of these different days uh, more than once because that's just the flow of how the mm-hmm. stuff came up, but you'll see. But um, the part of the building where she was found was where animals were kept for experiments and research Mm-mm. and could only be accessed with key cards. We are cruelty free over here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently, when this case came up and they found out that they were like experimenting on animals and shit, like, people were mad yeah yeah, about that too Uh, i guess a lot of people are upset of of the research facilities at yale like it's been a thing for a while um because key cards were needed to enter the building investigators assumed that the person who did it had to have been either a student or employee Um, after reviewing surveillance footage and key card records that pointed them in the direction of animal laboratory tech raymond clark the third uh, while doing their investigation officers had several strange encounters with Raymond uh, we're going to go through two of them so on September 10th investigators were approached by Rachel Roth another postdoctoral uh, student who worked with Annie in the same lab Rachel showed campus police officer Sabrina Wood a box of wipe all hypoallergenic wipes this is the brand is white ball and a steel cart with blood splattered on them. Um, and it was in one of the rooms in which Annie worked. Uh, Wood quickly contacted the FBI. And while she was waiting for them to arrive, she noticed Clark come and go and leave several times walking mm-hmm. over to the cart, moving the box of wipes so that like the blood wouldn't be facing her and making a lot of small talk. Um, he also began scrubbing a drain that uh, Wood said didn't even need to be cleaned. No, no. So he was just being hot. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> another encounter that same day was when he approached another campus officer, Jennifer. Um, I left out her last name. Jennifer <laughs> stating that he knew Annie and that he saw her leave the lab at 12.30 that afternoon, but surveillance determined that was a lie. See, that's like... a. If- the loudest person is always the most guilty. Like exactly. If, if no one asks you anything, just shut the fuck up. Exactly. It's like, like if someone walks in, you're like, well, I didn't see them. And you're just like, all right, I wasn't even going to ask you, bro. Like, it reminds <laughs> me of little kids when you catch them and shit. And they just be like, exactly. oh, no, 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 I didn't catch the thing. And I didn't do that. Like, and, and all of a sudden, they're like <laughs> trying to change the subject. I'm like, yeah, I was just trying to. There was something on the, and then, oh, love you, mom. Like, that's exactly what it's really weird. <laughs> so, um, while speaking to Clark, investigators learned that he was assigned to take care of the animals in the three laboratories rooms, including the one Annie worked in. He told them that he and Annie had known each other for four months, but never hung out outside of work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's why he was mad. <laughs> exactly. During this discussion, they asked him about the scratches he had on his face and arms, but he told them it was from a cat. Doesn't this sound like your case? <laughs> exactly. On the twelfth, on the twelfth of September, so a few days later, investigators found the bu- the bloody clothing that I mentioned in the ceiling. Um, the clothing included 
what my guy couldn't even get rid of the clothes exactly you just tuck them in the ceiling panel for someone so smart he's real idiot well he was an animal tech i I don't really think like i think that was like a fancy term i think he just cleaned up shit i really don't (laughs) (laughs) i mean correct me if i'm wrong but that's what i get from this yeah like like, no shade no shade it's still a job but like in this case come on yeah in the scheme of things where he was working i don't think he was on level of everybody else but you know whatever i do uh still appreciate essential workers and people who do any type of work so yeah let me get that straight but um of the bloody clothes that was hidden in the ceiling there was a rubber glove a white sock a pair of viking brand work boots labeled (laughs) c-ray tells you it's him right there like he should have like embroidered his name and his shirt and his underwear at that point right I read that backwards. It was racy, but whatever. <laughs> and on the and there was also one blue short sleeve scrub shirt. Did so and his picture on it and his birthday and his social security. Exactly. <laughs> so when they found that, that's when they determined the building a crime scene. Um, they also determined through chemical analysis that blood had been cleaned from the walls. So I guess it was blood everywhere, and he just wiped that bitch off. He's like just he didn't. a terrible tech. My God. Exactly. That's, see, that hints to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that smart? So they also determined, uh, let's see. Oh, I read that part. A total of 250 pieces of evidence was found um, that day, including the bloody wipes and an extra large lab coat with red stains over it. With his name on it? <laughs> the blood on the box of wipes and the coat matched Annie's DNA, but also revealed that DNA from an unknown male. Mm. Yeah, you know, wink, wink. So the next day, while investigators were searching a locker room, they noticed the distinct smell of a decomposing body. Tell me about it. They brought in the cadaver puppies, and they found immediately her body. Because it was in the fucking wall. (laughs) The puppies was like, right there. Say less. Right there. (laughs) Right? Treat. So (laughs) give me my treat. So uh, she was found concealed in the wall, as I mentioned, behind the toilet of a mechanical case. Wait. And I'm just like, and apparently from what I was reading, it's like some type of weird case that connects like all the floors or something like that. It's like really odd. Um, oh she God. was wearing surgical gloves with the left thumb exposed with a green ink pen, a stained lab coat, and one sock was surrounding her body. Um, the sock was actually the mate to the sock that was found a few days before was that was all up in sock? the ceiling. Um, I think it was hers. So they said she only had oh. one sock on. Oh, okay. Um, and then also her bra was pushed up and her panties were pushed down. <gasps> they also found semen on the liner of her panties that she was wearing. Now, let me pause there. That information and the information I'm about to give you now was not revealed until they went to court. They hit a lot of stuff from the press in the beginning parts. So, so clearly some sexual assault happened. Um, her jaw was broken along with her collarbone and she had bruises on the back of her head. So he Holy fucked shit. her up. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry, but this isn't the person she was going to marry, right? No, I left out stuff about him, but essentially they met at another school, which I was going to mention in the afters. Her fiance. Her fiance. She went to a school in New York. I don't remember the name. I have to look at the thing later, but he, they went to a school in New York. That's where she met her fiance. Um, 
And that's where she graduated from before she got accepted to Yale for this PhD. So program. for like the first time in God knows how long, the fiance didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. Um, it was actually pretty sad. Like the fiance and her parents like flew in when oh, they started investigating oh, and all that's that. That's so sad. Yeah. So a few days later, police obtained a search warrant to collect DNA samples from the mouth of, uh, in the form of mouth swabs, body hair, fingerprints, nail clippings, and all that there from Mm -hmm. Clark. Um, This confirmed that the stains found on the bloody clothes had a mixture of blood from both he and Annie. The pen found with Annie's body also had DNA from both of them with Clark's blood inside of the pen cap. Which makes me think that she was trying to, you know, defend yeah. herself. Over the next few days, even more DNA evidence showed up in several of the laboratory rooms, such as hair, fibers, and more blood stains. Um, key card records further concluded that Clark was at the scene um, of the crime. He accessed the Sterling building 11 times and the lab building five times. He apparently moved between rooms, um, between rooms 55 times between 10 a.m. and 3.45 p.m. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So you move through them 55 times, but you can't clean up shit. <laughs> what are you doing, my guy? Yep. What are you doing? And my thing is, how did no one see you? That was 10.45 a.m. and 3.45 p.m. It wasn't like in the middle of the night. You and then you're not a genius. One of those like, people where it's just like, that's not whatever. Strange. Like, he just be yeah. doing weird shit. But my thing is, bro, like, you kept scanning in and out. You don't think they were going to figure it out? See, that's my whole thing. Like, where we work, like, the times that I've gone in, like, on off hours, I'm just like, they're going to know that it's me and blah, blah, blah. Even though they probably won't. But I'm just like, that would be, like, the number one thing in my mind. Yep. So, uh, after getting all that evidence on September 17th, Clark was arrested and held at the McDougal Walker Correctional Institution in Connecticut and was held with a $3 million bond. Yeesh. So, I hate to disappoint you, but I have no juicy stuff from the trial because there was no trial. Huh? Apparently, whatever that meeting is that you go to court before there's an actual trial, um, he went and he pled guilty to the murder and sexual assault of Annie um, because this was on May of 2011. So they kept him in jail for a while, but he pled guilty to it because they said that they was going to give him a plea deal so that he wouldn't have to go through this long trial and all this extra stuff. So basically he agreed under the Alford doctrine, which means that he doesn't necessarily agree that he's guilty, but understands that there's evidence enough against him or whatever. So, and like I mentioned, these type of plea deals are often used to avoid lengthy trials. So, on June 3rd, he was sentenced to 44 years in prison. That's it? Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Holy and, shit. um, yeah. So, um, I did see some stuff from his parents. His parents just spoke and just, you know, said that they were... They, I mean, they show that they were sorry, like, you know, for the, the shit that his kids did. And his, her parents seemed to be happy with um, the sentencing. So do we know if it's because he was, like, in love with her? Was there, like, an obsession? Like, what that's fuck? what I was thinking, but I couldn't find anything on that because he didn't go through an actual trial. I feel like if he went through an actual trial, they would have, like, got all the tea. 
Because I feel like they're, they're leaving out so much shit. But, I mean, you can kind of put two and two together. Yeah. He probably wanted the yeeks. She told him, no, I got a boyfriend. And he, you know, did what he did. Took it. Oh, my God. But he had no priors. But That's a girlfriend, scary. an ex-girlfriend was interviewed of his from, like, high school. And she said that he was kind of, like, aggressive to her. But then other people were saying the opposite. So his character is kind of a mystery. Isn't that what freaking sociopaths do or psychopaths where they like mold into like what they want you to think of them <laughs> yeah they give you the representative instead exactly of exactly so um but yeah so i already mentioned i was gonna say in my afters that a lot of the evidence was kept from public but i already said that but i did want to say about annie that she was very accomplished um she graduated high school in california with scholarships to study bioscience at the University of Rochester. Um, and that's where she had met her fiance um, before she got accepted into the Yale PhD program. The work she oh. was doing at Yale uh, came after she won a grant from the National Science Foundation. Damn. And she also wrote like articles for Yale's paper and things like that. That's crazy. So the National Science Foundation, do you remember Zoom? Come on uh, in, Zoom, come on in, Zoom. So they were sponsored by the National Science Foundation. I didn't know I that. I just, like, clicked in my head. They probably said that after the theme song, didn't they? Exactly. When they said all the, the sponsors. Stuff I didn't care about. I was like, yeah, 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 come on with the show. But they probably did. So I was there for it. <laughs> That's like, um, was uh, PBS back in the day, when they're, like, from sponsors like you. And yeah. Then, like, they used to do Arthur? those tele- Oh, they used to do those little telethons where they were trying to raise money I never and my dumb ass used to like beg my mom and my aunt to like donate because I really thought the TV show was going to go off if they Bro, didn't, I didn't donate that much I was always like there's someone else that's going to donate <laughs> I was an innocent child and I wasn't corrupted at that point okay so I was well, just like didn't corrupt it. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like if y'all don't do it then the show's going to go on damn I miss PBS Arthur, Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales, Dragon Tales. Okay, let me not. That's my shit. <laughs> they really need to make like you know how they have Disney Plus. They need to have like a PBS well, Plus, PBS, WETA, whatever other. They need to have that. Yeah, those were so good. My grown ass will be sitting here watching Pappy's Playhouse like I'm four. You know I'm what? just going to do it. I'm going to look for it tonight. I'm going to watch Arthur in Zoom. Doesn't Arthur still come on? But I don't want to watch the new ones. I want to watch the, the old ones. The that OG ones? Yes. Fucking DW. DW is an asshole. I'm sorry. Did you finish your case? Yeah, I did. Did we just go off? Or- okay. All right. No, no. Case is done. So, all right, guys. Well, we're out of here. Uh, Try to keep it together. Yeah, keep it together when we go back to work. Um, If we go back to work, I'm not looking forward to this at all, actually. Yeah, I kind of, like, at this point, I feel like we can argue that our jobs, we don't need to come in anymore. See, like, I fully understand that we are so blessed to to still have a job and be able to do it from home. Yes, but I also don't want to go to work. 
but Me I neither. do want to go back to back like to our normal extracurriculars. I just want to go get crab legs on Friday with my bestie. I mean, we did. <laughs> I mean, shit, we could still do that in order in. But I mean, we can. I mean, look, we just got paid, so you pulling up tomorrow because I want some crab legs. Okay, <laughs> we've been social distancing for a long time. All right. Oh, cool. oh yes. All right. <laughs> So, but anyway, all right, guys, we're out of here. We will catch you next episode. Please, uh, uh, I was gonna say like subscribe, like it's YouTube. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please make sure that you leave comments and give us all the stars. Hit us up on social media. Five stars. If you have anything less than five, keep it to yourself. Shut up, your ass. <laughs> Shove it up your ass. Okay. But I'm showing so my much age. for listening. Yep. We love you guys. Yeah. Talk to you later. TT. Bye. Bye. That's all for now. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Mm-mm.